I mean, it's definitely all around customization. You know, I just shared a moment ago on you know us, uh, and I've seen a lot of success with breaking down playbooks by vertical. So you know what we found is you know the more customization that we have with our playbooks, the more relevant we come off right as uh, as buyers. In addition to that, you know we're able to you know confirm a whole host of different things right across different ver verticals. You're going to have different buyer personas. You're going to have different milestone moments, right, within your sales cycles. Yep. There'll be different trends. There'll be different people that you're competing with, right? And so that's where we found a ton of uh, effectiveness by breaking them down per that vertical component. Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much for being here. I am pumped to chat today. To start out, I would love to hear about you, what your role is today, and how you got to where you are. Yeah, thanks, Alexa. And I appreciate you having me on the pod. Yeah, I don't mind giving you a little bit of background at all. I have had about 15 to about 16 years of like SaaS sales <laughs> experience. I've worked in kind of various positions, but started out just cutting my teeth as a you know individual contributor, you know, quota carrying. And then got in about 10 years ago into managing sales organizations that kind of spiraled into, you know, leading and influencing marketing organizations and sales operations, which kind of has led me to my current position, a VP of sales at Agora. So I work with our customer success team. I work with our net new business, kind of like go to market revenue growth team sales ops and marketing, right, to drive revenue for Agora, which is a real-time communications company. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. So one question I'd love to ask you about is, what is, how do you define a sales playbook? Because every time I talk to different sales leaders, they have a different definition for what a sales playbook should be. So how do you define a sales playbook? Yeah, well, I think, I, I don't know, I kind of view it as playbooks can mean a lot of different things to like different roles across sales organizations. So from like a sales perspective, it's the blueprint for like how to sell, right? And includes a lot of different things, includes like current client, client examples, explains the business value that like our products provide to our, you know, prospects and clients, you know, the products that we're going to be providing, target account lists, common challenges, competitor intel, you know, and, and so much more. But right, that playbook is also focused on getting those sales reps ramped up a lot more quickly, like compress that ramp time as quick as possible, you know, provide ongoing learning and, you know, driving revenue as efficiently as, as possible. So that's on the sales side, you know, from a product side of the house, right? It provides, you know, a good playbook, firsthand communication on, you know, the challenges that our prospects and clients are looking to, you know, resolve, you know, that can help influence product roadmaps, so forth. When you think of marketing, right? Growth marketing teams, a good playbook will inform them on how to best position our you know, products and differentiators to our ideal customer profile, right? And you know, the TAM that we want to hit. So you know, we kind of take that approach. I've taken that approach before in our playbook creation you know, across a lot of different companies. And so we have chosen to really break down our playbooks by vertical, including a lot of those different kind of business units that I, I just shared with you. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. So is there a specific playbook or way that you've built these playbooks or specific, I don't know, play within the playbook that you have found most effective? 
I mean, it's definitely all around customization. You know, I just shared a moment ago on, you know, us and I've seen a lot of success with breaking down playbooks by vertical. So, you know, what we've found is, you know, the more customization that we have with our playbooks, the more relevant we come off, right, as as buyers. And, you know, in addition to that, you know, we're able to, you know, confirm a whole host of different things, right? Across different ver verticals, you're going to have different buyer personas. You're going to have different milestone moments, right, within your sales cycles. Yep. There'll be different trends. There'll be different people that you're competing with, right? And so, you know, that's where we found a ton of effectiveness by breaking them down, you know, per that vertical component. You know, I think it's, I, as I mentioned, you know, a moment ago, it definitely takes a village. So, you know, having the product growth marketing technical team, having an executive sponsor, right, on each of our playbooks makes a huge difference. You know, everyone really is a salesperson. Everyone is, you know, got responsibilities to help drive revenue, right, for the company that you work for. And I think it's also a wonderful way just to have a, a real nice kind of feedback loop, communication cycle across these different business units. So everyone is kind of in sync with, you know, what you want to achieve from a, you know, corporate goals perspective. Speaking of goals, so you oversee a lot of different functions. And so I'm assuming that the playbook for each of those functions is going to have different goals, whether that's driving awareness or generating more meetings or converting more leads to close one or whatever those are. What match metrics do you track to make sure that those playbooks are successful? Yeah, I think, you know, it's important to know, like a lot of these playbooks take a lot of time to develop. So it kind of depends on the playbook for, for us, like which vertical we are you know, positioning it for. If it's a immature playbook for like a greenfield vertical, you know, that is going to take a lot more time to see some revenue pay dirt. If it's a more mature vertical, you know, we're going to see a lot more quicker time to market and a quicker time to revenue. You know, some of the specific kind of metrics that we look at, you know, it's all around, you know, MQL, SQL conversion, sales cycle velocity, right? How quick are we achieving key milestone moments like, you know, reaching a POC, right, or pilot stage? Quickly, are we getting to the negotiation stage? How quickly are we getting to product launch? It's really important to get a baseline data, right? So before, you know, whenever I come on to kind of a new employer, right, I want to look at the baseline data for all these kind of important sales metrics so I know how to track against and successes that we're, you know, we've achieved. You know, that coupled with looking at more generally available market data can kind of help you out, right? At the end of the day, we're going to be looking at revenue growth year over year, month over month, increasing our number, you know, average products sold kind of within our, you know, opportunities, and then seeing, you know, new hires ramp more quickly, right? So when did they create that, you know, first op? When did they close that first deal, right? So forth. So that's some of the you know, overall kind of metrics that we, you know, we look at, you know, and there's other, you know, less quantifiable metrics like, how many blog posts has that you know playbook or that yep. group written? How much engagement has that had? What kind of speaking engagements do you have? You know, what kind of relationships are we forging with thought leadership, like within those verticals? You know, this are all kind of wrapped into one to you know figure out, hey, is this playbook being effective or not? I loved the point you mentioned around it'll look like a different process for creating a playbook for a greenfield vertical versus an established vertical. Because the established vertical playbook, it's gonna be copy and paste. We've been doing this for X many years. We can just give a new sales rep a playbook and they go versus the greenfield, it's gonna take more iteration and experimentation. So when you are going after a newer vertical and have to come up with a playbook from scratch, 
Like, what does that process look like? Yeah, so that's a great question. I mean, part of the the newer verticals, they're more exploratory, so it's more speculative. So, you know, what I think a good goal to have, right, is more around, you know, just general conversations, right? So I think it's really easy to create, you know, targeted lists that are very narrow in focus to go after your kind of SAM, right? Your serviceable risk market. And for those initial playbooks, you know, I want to see as many meetings as possible with those target account lists. I want to see a lot of events being attended, lots of conversations being had. So the individuals that are part of making that playbook can truly create that customized playbook. The other component, right, is not all playbooks are going to be successful. Some we might find, right, are not as lucrative for the company that you're working for where your products are currently are at or where that vertical is currently at, right, for that playbook. You know, so it, I think it's, it's being a lot more patient, doing a lot more of, uh, of those soft kind of quantitative skills. Like I was talking about the events, sponsorships, speaking engagements, blog post writing to truly really try and validate, like, is this a playbook worth investing our company's resources, time and budget on? Over time, you're going to see hopefully those meetings convert to ops, which converts to revenue. And that's when you can start making strategic decisions on growing those playbooks and customizing them. Because all playbooks are going to be fluid, right? They're always going to constantly be changing because you're going to have new competitors pop up, new demands in the marketplaces, right? So it's making sure that it's not like you create it and it's done. doesn't matter if it's greenfield or for a mature right space. You constantly got to be iterating. And really having that feedback loop internally so everyone can kind of, you know, plan and strategize accordingly. It's a great point. Playbooks will never be set it and forget it. There's always going to be a new competitor, new market to go after, a new way to objection handle, new way to go to market. So I, I think that's an often point regardless of, you know, is it Greenfield or is it a, a new ver- an, a, a existing established vertical? What challenges should other sales leaders be prepared for when building out sales playbooks? So I think there are there definitely are challenges with creating playbooks, but I, I just have to say, like, just creating and implementing like playbooks, I mean, they really should be fun. Cause if it's done right, you know, you get to become a subject matter like expert across a specific playbook or vertical. You know, you're truly adding value to those prospects or buyers and you know their companies. And oftentimes that value translates directly to revenue growth. Uh-huh. You know, that said, yeah, there definitely are challenges that come up, right? So I think one is just resources. For folks that are truly creating a dynamic playbook, it takes a certain individual, right? You know, the individuals to create create a great playbook, they got to be a dynamic thinker. They got to have a lot of curiosity, a lot of energy, and a very good communicator. Because oftentimes with playbook creation, you're not only communicating with potential, you know, buyers or current clients, you're also communicating internally with a lot of different business units, Right. So it can be tough to find all those personality traits in one or multiple individuals. So that is one challenge, right? I think another would be in this kind of era more of hybrid workforce. So I work remote. My company that I currently work for is remote first. Um, you know, there can be a tend to obviously work in silos. It's really easy for sales, product, you know, growth marketing, tech support to stay in their lanes but you know, to have a successful playbook, you got to merge all those lanes into, into one. It's a great point that you need to have a specific mindset or kind of expertise to be developing the playbooks. Do you usually have a counterpart that's building this with you, whether it's a sales manager, a rep, rev ops, 
or are you constantly kind of iterating on your own as a leader? Well, no, I, I so I, I really think it's all those group members. So I think, you know, you, you typically will have what I've seen to kind of drive the best results is you can almost kind of look as the playbook as you've got like a mini CEO, right? That CEO is very sales and revenue driven. So that'll tend to be like someone within sales, but they are iterating directly with product, directly with growth marketing, with their technical support to help create all of what, you know, goes into a playbook. You know, everything we've kind of already discussed, which can talk a lot, right? Like I think some of the stuff around competitive intel, you know, a lot of that can be scouted out, right? From like a product team, you know, be put in, right? Some of the stuff we have around like with playbooks come, you, know, you got to have really good sales tools as well, right? So like having a good tool to be able to have a library of prospecting calls and current client calls and, hey, this is a good POC call. This is a great, you know, negotiating call. Having that in your Rolodex can help with the ramping, right? And help you move into your playbook. So, you know, everyone kind of has to be accountable. But I think in that, that helps reduce the silos. And that also helps make sure that all the team members are, you know, building their products or, you know, implementing their sales strategy or deploying their marketing tactics with the same mindset. Right. And everyone's not kind of going in with different attitudes or perceptions about why our prospects or clients are buying from us. We kind of all have agreed upon uh, criteria. And then that sets the go to market strategy because that gets exciting. Not everything's going to work, what those teams deploy, what we focus on from product, right, our you know, sales strategies. But if we're all going with the same attitude, then at least we can kind of like parse out what's working and not working and focus on you know, the stuff that's driving positive results. Makes sense. And Andrew, I learned so much in just a quick, I think this was 10 minute conversation. Anything I should have asked or any, any final thoughts? <laughs> oh man, we covered so much. Uh, I could, you know, talk about playbooks a ton. I mean, my final thought is this like playboy play <laughs> for a jump slip there. Playbooks <laughs> really are the backbone of like sales organizations and they truly enable quicker ramp times for sales reps and having, I don't want to call it you know, kind of that repeatable process or that kind of McDonald's-ation of like a sales cycle because, you know, good sales folks, you're not selling a widget, right? You got to be nimble, dynamic. So having that, you know, playbook that kind of echoes that kind of same vein, that flexibleness and dynamicness is so key. So that's why I enjoy talking about it. That's why I enjoy kind of leading, you know, by that example. And it produces results, like at the end of the day, like if it didn't produce results and wasn't driving revenue uh, and creating efficiencies, you know, like organizations like the one that I work for now, Agora, other organizations wouldn't be investing a lot of, you know, time in that strategy. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Andrew. I loved all the topics and really, really appreciate you being with us today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It was a ton of fun. 